the typical error intelligent people make, the more intelligent they are, the more they think they actually are very dumb. So they become unsure, uh, unsure about themselves. Mm. And so the perfectionist kind is you have such high standards because you have to overcome your seemingly own dumbness uh, that uh, it's never good enough. Welcome to Eggshell Transformations, a podcast for intense people. My name is Imi, and I'm here with you on a journey. In today's conversation, we talk to Willem Kuypers. Willem is the author of the book Enjoying the Gifts of Being Uncommon, where he explores the gifts and challenges of being a highly intelligent, highly intense and sensitive person, and introduces three practices to become more effective in work and private life. Recently, Willem has published an article about how extra-intelligent people with different MBTI personality types experience their intensity. We will hear Willem tells us about his taxing childhood experience, how he later learned to see new possibilities in the way he is. We will go through clusters of MBTI personality types and how different people relate to their giftedness. We will also talk about dealing with impatience and typical mistakes. Now to Willem. Okay. Hi, Willem. Welcome uh, to HPL's Transformations. I am very happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm happy too. <laughs> the reason I contacted you is because I came across your book a few years back now when I was first doing my own self-search. And your book's title is The Gifts of Being Uncommon. Mm-hmm. And enjoying it. And enjoying it. Yes, thank you. Yes. What a title. Mm-hmm. And it seems to promise a lot of answers for our community with a lot of people who are intense, sensitive, creative, gifted, and are finding their way in the world. Mm-hmm. So we're going to cover a wide range of topics today. I always like to start from the beginning and asking my guests what their childhood was like. What was it like for you growing up? Yeah, well... Although it's quite a long time ago, there are some elements that still strike me or remember me. Well, some of the sayings is you you learn your behavioral strategic patterns in the first 20 years of your life, and then you're using the rest of your life trying to cope with them. So I think I was kind of a bit timid, not very muscled person with glasses who was quite unsure and obviously smart and getting into trouble because of it and uh, at school for instance how so give me an example of how you did something out of your smartness and got into trouble well i think at primary school i uh, had a funny teacher who as he explained later for educational purposes explained to the class uh, i was about 11 i think then that sun turned around the earth And as, of course, I had read many books about astronomy and all these things, I thought it wise to ask the teacher, uh, isn't it the other way around? And, of course, he replied that I should uh, hold my uh, tongue and uh, he was the teacher. So next day, I brought a book to prove my point. And that typical behavior isn't helpful because my parents backed me up 
And he explained to my parents that it was uh, very educational to explain it to the children the way he did. But some of these things, and, and of course, uh, well, consider Hermione Granger in Harry Potter mm-hmm. and, and some of the examples and, and the way she gets into trouble with teachers are uh, recognizable. Yeah, yeah. I, I use Hermione Granger a lot. I actually talk about Harry Potter quite a lot with my clients. Yes, it's it's perfect, uh, well, role model, but anyway, a uh, person you can, character you can learn from, and, and obviously she is very smart, uh, mm-hmm. just like the other persons, but each, and that's of course the funny thing of the book, each smart in their own way. Yes, exactly. It's not just Hermione, but um, I think a lot of people resonate with being an outcast in the ordinary world. Yeah, well, the word alien is is uh, quite often used, and and for good reasons. So yes, uh, that's that's the issue. But well, I think twenty two or three, I got my contacts, which was basically a bit helpful instead of <laughs> using glasses. But but uh, it's it's. I think well, I don't know. It serves Harry Potter pretty well. Yes, yes, I know. Yes, but at at my time, I didn't have these conspicuous glasses so it just looked um well nerdy Mm. (laughs) apart from being nerdy and smart were you also quite sensitive yes uh definitely though i must well the the funny sorry tragic thing is that many of these sensitivities became more aware of my sensitivities very many years later so the traditional story of, of childhood trauma uh, is in, in a way even now still mm. coming out of my own closet. And I think I've been spending the, the last couple of years to become more aware of, of these sensitivities or at least how they were inadvertently and not by most people, uh, not on purpose, uh, rather shaken by my environment. I discovered my current subject, intensity, extra intelligence, and that happened somewhere in my late 40s. I've become more and more happy with myself every year, and that process is still in full swing. I'm very glad and proud to say. Late 40s. So all those years, you didn't have a useful label to understand your experience. Yes, well, uh, maybe that that is proper description. In a way, when you discover your relation to the subject of what I call extra intelligence and intensity, you dive into a process of rewriting your biography. I completely agree, yeah. And that is hard work. Mm. I feel somewhat uh, becoming emotional in, in considering it, but it's it's so very worthwhile and rewarding. It's a minor window on on the subject, uh, and unfortunately for many people, it is the the main point of view. But that is well does say basically more about them than about the subject. I think the way I see the word gifted is really, I think is a very loaded word. It's not helpful, and IQ is only a as you said, a tiny window into it, and there are all sorts of gifts in this. I think a common characteristic I see in people are that they have a lot of complexity, a lot of depth. They think and feel very quickly and very deeply. They're complex yes. and fast-moving and growth-oriented. Yeah. Yeah, all these things. So, but but the, the, I think that although I understood 
that shift only many years later, but I was very lucky to come up with the idea to, when I frame it like I do it now, to leave the, the path of objectively verifiable measurement of giftedness to uh, subjectively perceivable feeling of recognition of the typical characteristics of giftedness. Here's a question that I feel only you can answer. I know you wrote a paper on different personality characteristics and the relationship of how they experience intensity and their intelligence. And you based it on the very well-known Maya Briggs system. Can you say a little bit more about it? And I think our audience will be very interested. Yes. Well, um, it, in a way, it's based on Meyer Briggs, but it's a kind of extension. Uh, there was David Kersey, who in the 70s wrote uh, his book about temperament and, and re-edited. He wrote it at the time with Marilyn Bates, re-edited in the 90s without her, as she had already passed away then. So he, he kind of... Uh, accumulated the 16 Myers-Briggs types into four temperaments and related it to the, the old temperaments as the Greeks already used. And he said, so the four temperaments are artisans, guardians, idealists, and rationalists. And so for people who are versatile in the Myers-Briggs, the artisans are SP, the guardians are mm. SJs, four of them, of course, all. And um, the idealists are NF, intuitive feeling, and the rationalists are intuitive uh, thinking. I think the value of the approach is that these temperaments are value-driven, you might say. So for an artisan, the values are impact, thrills, and freedom. These are SPs. Yes, they're SPs. Go on, Sense, go on. This is completely getting me energized. Sensing and perceivers. So... They, yeah. they are at their best when they have the freedom to perceive. If we stick with them for the moment, and then I'll go to the other ones, um, someone who, who has that temperament is basically not very interested in the subject of giftedness, as this is a label that will constrain him or her. Uh, and, and basically, it's not something they, they think is very interesting. They, they like mastery, and maybe mm. they will consider the idea that giftedness is just a nonsense subject but that if you work hard and practice a lot you'll achieve mastery in what you do and uh, well of course everyone when he practices hard will uh, achieve mastery which is not just to give us a flavor um using stereotypes here what kind of professions do sp usually go into where do you find them well um there are entrepreneurs, they are, yeah. there, are, there are everywhere where an effective reaction on change is an advantage. So they can yeah. be pilots, uh, they can be artists, they can be entertainers, mm -hmm. they can be politicians. Uh, Get you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. for them, giftedness is not something they easily relate to and especially they wouldn't consider that it's important to get this uh, this label but if you view it from the point of intensity they're maybe very well on if they have either themselves reflective capacities or know someone to reflect with the, the funny thing is when you're very intense with your extroverted perception and and you you notice everything around you 
it's sometimes more difficult to notice your inner world as you are more focused on your outer world. But because of your ability to discern this outer world, if someone tells you what they perceive in your behavior, so you reflect through someone else, you get suddenly a very clear view on on yourself. And that's what many artists can be very much helped with. And, And so they need... Often they need someone else to tell them how intense they are. Well, we have another three to get yeah, through, okay. so and we have limited yeah, okay. time, so well, please do. And I can't wait to wait for my own, you know, selfishly. Uh, okay, well uh, then we leave that probably to the to the last one. The guardians. The guardians are the stable kind of persons. They like Again, the, remind uh, us what's the. Um, they remind us. What, are they uh, N- SJs. NF? SJ, yeah. So they're. Yeah. A concrete, direct, uh, but they are of the judging kind. So they like structures. Oh, that is so true. So they, they like the label of giftedness very much. And they also think societal responsibility is a is very important value. So it's these yes. people who consider that giftedness is something that has to contribute to humanity, society, whatever and then mm. people who are gifted are labeled through a measurement uh, should work hard and uh, conceive of the how you say that the medicine against cancer and these kind of things so the guardians are really fond of the concept of giftedness because it's measurable mm. and it relates to feeling obligation to perform for the sake of society humanity or whatever Mm. And they are, of course, they are very organized and diligent yes. and detail oriented. Yes, yes. They? and, and they're mm. often in education because they they like this structured environment. And of course, they they have their their feeling that through education they are helping society forward. Yeah, yeah. So we've done the SP and the yes. SJ. Well, if we take the rationalist, the rationalist, yeah, and thinking. These are the strategic mm. thinkers who, who like to be effective, who like to view from many perspectives at the same time, but in a hard-wired way. I mean, they are thinkers, so they, they like data and they like clear measurements and they like excellence. Yeah. So they, they are not basically not interested in the concept of giftedness either, but they are interested in their own excellence mm. and they want work hard for it but Mm. for them it's not about a label it's about how to achieve excellence and master the world they think completely different about the subject and intensity Mm. they don't like that at all because uh, it's all these emotions um, they they are just very bother because it, it keeps you from getting a clear view on, on the objectified reality. There are, there are developers, software developers, but there are also strategic thinkers. Yeah. The, the Marshall in, 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 uh, in military is obviously a rationalist who, who clearly thinks of, he has an overview over the battlefield and directs his divisions doesn't care really about casualties, but about the strategic result. Mm. 
Well, the artisan we had in the first time, that's the general on a white horse. Absolutely. He says, come on, yeah, yeah. we are going to. Yeah. What are some of the, um, I know, again, these are just guesses and stereotypes, but um, are there some historical characters, personalities that you would consider as antiques? Well, probably uh, Einstein was something. Yeah, yeah. It's, what about Napoleon? <laughs> what would he be? Yes, I, I think he was, he certainly had strategic fuel, but he was short-tempered too, as I'm told. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's more artisan-like. But I, but I think the important thing, though, is to consider that many, uh, what I call extra-intelligent persons, extra-intelligent and extra-intense persons, mm. will recognize often both an intuitive temperament and uh, a more and concrete, the, the sensing, sensorial temperament, especially when they have issues with intensity and, and sensorial overexcitability. Mm, mm. The good news, I think many people who are in my, uh, say, uh, target area uh, will have quite bad experience with Meyer-Briggs testing because they test non-significant. And that's basically because they relate to two types yeah. more than one, yeah. although that's against the rules. But they're... As their personality is more complex, they they are two types at the same time, or at least technically, everyone has all the sixteen types mm, in I agree. Him or herself. Yes. But due to the complexity of of the character, often more than one type is very visible and and also very attainable to to perform with yeah, yeah. Uh, for for the XI person. Absolutely. Now we come to the idealist. Yes. <laughs> I just guessed that might be some of your favorite temperaments. <laughs> it's not my favorite. Every time I test, I come out. I don't have a problem with um, having two results. Right from the age of eight, every time I test personality, I'm always, I just score very high in one thing. Um, my favorite personality typing system is the Enneagram. I'm sure you're aware of it. And I'm a big fan of that system. I think it's deep, it's spiritual. Um, like you said, we all have all of it. But then anyway, I'm going on and on now. But I always type very extreme on one. <laughs> ah, okay. yeah. Well, that, that, that can be. Well, the, the idealist is someone who is all about authenticity, mm. about uh, allowing other people to, to unfold mm. their personality uh, harmonious relationships. Mm. Just to remind and our audience, this is these these are the NF. So INFX or ENF something. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And finally, for these people, well, giftedness, but intensity, I think too, is all about the inner experience, mm. and it's all about how their personal characteristics express themselves to the outside world, and and. Basically, I've asked myself all my life, who am I and why, how do I relate to the world and why do other people relate to me the way they do? So I've been always looking into all kinds of practices to better understand who people are and, and, and whether this gives me a better perspective on, on what their typical characteristics are and finding much about myself, I think, always the main drivers too, who am I? Yeah, yeah. That's typically for idealists. So, but, so they're not about judging uh, in the sense of your, and 
an, a gifted person or you're not a gifted person. That's not the issue. The issue is how does it feel every day to be you? Yeah. And if I can, uh, as, as a counselor, if I can understand how it is to how it is to be my client twenty four seven and help him or her better understand why some things come up and others don't and whether they can push their envelopes and find out uh, more about these enormous variety of qualities. I'm very happy. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That was very thorough and very useful. Mm. You're welcome. Yes. Here is a million-dollar question. Um, for someone with extra intelligence, who's someone who's intense, gifted, <laughs> how do we deal with being impatient with the world? Um, well, the, 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 of course, the, I, I don't know whether it's the million-dollar answer because, <laughs> uh, or the spiritual answer, maybe. So it is, it is have compassion with yourself and with other people. Mm. So if you can practice that, that's helpful. Be more the million-dollar answer is find an environment where you're not considered to anything but when you are with peers and when they just appreciate your speed, your multiple views, uh, all these qualities, all your intensities. So when you are too often impatient, change your environment, change your job, change your career perspective. But even then, and if you notice that you're also very impatient with yourself, oh, of course, change yourself. <laughs> because and and well accept yourself yes compassion helps yeah. uh, everyone is suffering in some way and and including you mm. so when you're intense it's hardly possible not to become overloaded from time to time so i do think that that vertical alignment that connecting with the ground and with the sky with earth and with sky to be able to let go of unnecessary loads and, and emotions and other people's energy and connecting to the sky to, to be inspired and to be aware of something that is bigger than yourself is the more spiritual way of dealing with impatience. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's great. Which, which so, so I know the words, I don't claim that I do that all the time, but... <laughs> I understand. <laughs> There's a reason why, yeah, we teach what we most need to be taught. Yes, mm. but, but it helps uh, to, to say it to yourself from time oh, to time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what are some of the, I use this word with a quote, mistakes um, intense people make, classic mistakes. I asked this because in our previous exchange, I think there was a moment where I was a bit shy about submitting an article and you said, oh, Amy, you're making the classic mistake that intense people make. Yes, well... I think it was the perfectionism the, that you were referring to. Yeah, it was the perfectionist, but it's something... There's a typical phenomenon that is the more you... Uh, and I, I relate it to, to extra intelligence. The more intelligent you are the more aware you are of all the things you don't know so you tend to think that you're actually very dumb mm. well people who are averagely intelligent have some kind of safe feeling 
that they know everything that is worthwhile needing uh, knowing otherwise they would know it so the typical error intelligent people make the more intelligent they are the more they think they actually are very dumb so they become unsure uh, unsure about themselves mm. and so the perfectionist kind is you have such high standards because you have to overcome your seemingly own dumbness uh, that uh, it's never good enough. And, and that's, well, there I have a book somewhere called Perfectionism, Perfectionism, A Sure Cure for Happiness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the, 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 the difficulty with intense people is that they, they may be too aware of their, all their mm. conflicting emotions uh, on the subject that they, they need, in a way, equanimity mm. to look at themselves. And compassion is the spiritual kind. Mm. Equanimity is, is the, the mental exercise mm. that you somehow detach for a moment and say, okay, let's... Look, let's look at myself yeah. I do this what happens uh, of course mindfulness relates to, to these kind of exercises and I do think you need when you're uh, intense you need practice really to keep your emotional balance and I absolutely fact, agree and Buddhism I there are two schools of thoughts that I found to be the most useful personally in when it comes to well, when it comes to self-compassion and equanimity and renunciation, I mm. find the Buddhist precepts really helpful. I adore yes. the work of teachers like Jack Confield, um, Pema Chodron. These are Western teachers who brought the spiritual wisdom into the Western world. I quite like Stoicism and Stoic mm. philosophers, and I balance the two. And personally, I found these to be really helpful. Yeah. But I think the... What strikes in the past, in the, in the recent years, what has struck me most mm. was becoming more aware of, of the body thing, of, of the way my body interacts, the, the way I, how my bodily wisdom is, is a source for keeping my balance. And that actually I... I've basically, I've, I've practiced yoga, uh, I've practiced many kinds of, all kinds of practices, and for obvious reasons, they always, uh, how do you say, they dilute it after some time, because I get up and I think I need to change and save the world now, so I don't have this time to do all these exercises, which are basically boring too, when I, I'm in my mind, I'm conceiving of these wonderful ideas that need to be put in the world and it's only these past years that i'm instead of deny it as it somehow gets in the way of doing the very important things that i think i should do for any reason mm -hmm. idealistic or selfish purposes mm -hmm. but that that somehow my body needs a kind of slow but focused approach to remain balanced and that if I do, and it's very recent insight, that when I sabotage all these exercises of which I'm perfectly aware that they're healthy, important, relevant, etc., but I still do not do them, I basically am rejecting my own intensity. Mm. And that links to, of course, 
old criticism of people around you who say, why are you always so emotional? Uh, why do you always cry at movies? Uh, why don't you... Uh, all these kind of things. I still cannot see, look at the sound of music uh, without tears in my eyes at the end. So be, grow up, be a man or something. These kind of emotions. So intensity is is really only appreciated when you love your body and all elements of it and find ways to to be present in all fibers of your body and i'm still learning to do that and there are some relinquished parts that still need to be re-inhabited mm. by me and my mind yeah you thank you for sharing that we're coming towards the end of our chat can you share with us a book that has changed your life Two years ago, I read Judith Orloff's... Uh, oh, the Empath Survival Guide. Exactly. And, and that changed my life in the sense that I, I, I took the questionnaire. And the funny thing was that I, I think in both, both uh, examples that I will give are about overcoming shame. Mm. But it's a shame of being who you are. Final question is, can you share with us a quote, a song or a poem that has inspired you and potentially inspire other intense people? Yeah, well, um, although I do use Apple computers, uh, I don't feel obliged to, to make... Uh, oh, and I already them, know what you're coming, old. but please read it out. Yes. Yes. It's um, to the crazy ones. If you look up at the internet and look up uh, to the crazy ones, Apple commercial, You'll find in the 80s or 90s. Thank you so much, Willem. You have shared a lot with us, both personal and theoretical. And You're very welcome. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk like I did. Great. Um, finally, what's, um, where can people find you, especially if they are interested in the Myers-Briggs? If they want to know more about it, the Myers-Briggs and its relationship to intensity. Um, and where can they find more about you and your exciting projects? Well, a uh, main source for what I, uh, on the internet, is, is my website, which is, uh, I have an English website, uh, zymension.com. Mm. Uh, can you spell it? Zymension, uh, yes, X-I-M. Yeah, X-I-M. So it's like dimension with an X instead of a D. Because in my perceptive perception, Zymension, is the space where it is normal to be extra intense and extra intelligent so you don't have to explain it or to question it it's just your natural habitat so that's i mentioned the explanation about the temperament is is to some extent in enjoying the gift but uh, more clearly in a recent article there's a journal called Advanced Development. The article is called Being Gifted, Being Me. And it's a kind of, just like I did this talk, it's a kind of combination of my personal experiences and my professional view uh, and how that interacts. And well, given my idea that the inner experience of giftedness, of extra intelligence and intensity is, is very helpful to become aware of, it's consistent. Great. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. For more, please head to eggshelltherapy.com. 
There you will find more stories, articles, and resources for people just like me and you. Bye now. Keep putting one foot in front of the other, moving forwards, never looking back. Just one more foot in front of all those countless others, and we're there.